Welcome back to Comics Talk number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a patron-only show, so hello to our beautiful and intelligent patrons. Absolutely. Uh, this this episode, this is actually something Chris and I talk about uh, off the air quite a bit. We've talked, we've had several conversations along these lines, yep. uh, partly based on research, but a lot based on our own experiences in There's some research too. Yeah. Some, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's 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 kind of a it's kind of an interesting thing, and it's uh, we'll see where this conversation goes because it sure could spin out, couldn't it, Chris? Let me tell you, <laughs> absolutely could. But I would call this uh, we would call this completionism, right? The, the the sure need to collect to complete to completion. I guess that that's the broadest way to put it because uh, there there are different types of completionism in comics too. You know, there, certainly. There are, you know, people that want every comic ever printed, and that is what we call the the, the fool's errand. But you know, the you, fringe, but, yes. But you know, Chris wants to have every X Men comic uh, up to a certain date and going back to the beginning. Sure. So that that he, that would be a complete run. Some people would say every Stanley and Kirby comic. You know, there there are mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Every Marvel comic. You know, there are a lot of ways you you can break it down. But any sure. any aspect of that, I would say, would be you know that's what we're talking about of the need. The drive to, quote unquote, complete your comics collection, and uh, we're going to go kind of butterfly effect with this of how it all started. I think. I think so. Um, it it really it really did kind of begin, and I you know without intention, and uh, with All Star Comics number three, which had a winter nineteen forty cover date. This is the first meeting of the Justice Society of America, and that's also the title of the story by Gardner mm-hmm. Fox and Everett E. Hibbard. Uh, this was an anthology-style issue. Uh, they had these narrative bits that more or less bookended it. I think I forget how often they popped up. Um, but essentially, every individual character on the Justice Society went off on their own separate little adventure. Uh, but, you know, the, the, that would all come together to, for some... I don't, I don't remember what happened in this issue, quite frankly. Well, Chris. they weren't they this, they weren't teaming together in the issue. It was just they were having a meeting and telling about their own solo adventures. So that's all so, this one was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, so they weren't out on their own. They, they weren't having like a combined adventure at this point. In, in the in the in the future, it was always it was always the same thing though. In the future, it would be you know we need these seven spools of Sarabom. Yes. Everyone go forth, and, and they happen to be at seven corners of the world. Everyone go forth and get all historical and cultural facts incorrect as we collect the <laughs> uh, you know the items we need. So, but that was but the, the point being though, they were on their own separate adventures. They weren't they yes. weren't fighting together. But uh, this was evidence because they were meeting that they occupied these heroes were in the same universe and not just the national periodicals, the DC characters, but their kind of step cousin, all American. Twice removed, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, publications. That was Max Gaines' outfit, which had uh, the the accountant for National was the co-owner of that. So there was there was definitely a little collusion there. But that's how you got like you know Green Lantern on the same team with. Uh, Batman and Superman and stuff like that, and uh, this uh, is the, the Golden Age Adam and uh, 
uh, who was an all-American character and Batman, they were invited to that meeting, but they could not make it. That's that's yeah. That's an interesting little footnote, you know what I mean? That does bring in continuity as if, like, they were... Uh, They're in the same universe. They could be contacted, exactly. Yeah. And, and I would say that this did kick off the idea of completionism, because now you're, you're branching off your character. Say you're a huge Wonder Woman fan. Well, you're going to have to get some of these JSA issues or uh, All-Star issues... Mm-hmm. I think she shows up in issue nine or something like this. She's she's there, yeah. Oh, she's there in the beginning, or I, I, I believe I, she's in the uh, that roundtable image that uh, that I, kicked it off. I think she was the secretary first or something. But whatever, <laughs> I think so. whatever it is, you uh, you know, you you you're collecting her now. You're collecting uh, the all star issues, and now maybe you're like, oh well, now I got to get all the guys that are an all star, you know, and and mm-hmm. you know, you start to get really kind of wrapped up in this fictional universe uh we've talked before about roy thomas's attempt to get all of these issues remember uh who got him before was it roy thomas got him first it wasn't it was jerry no, bales no, roy, got him first jerry bales got him and roy right. thomas contacted uh what's his face well, first it was julius schwartz but then he kicked him over to gil and King. then he booted him <laughs> yeah uh who, who then kicked him over to jerry bales and that's how they, yeah. they like early comics fandom happened uh right there because they were trying to get these back issues uh and as a matter of fact Jerry Bales had already bought Bill Kane's bound back issues, run. which I'd love yeah. to see that. You know what I mean? That must be oh, insane. That'd be amazing. I assume those still exist, actually. I mean, geez. They almost have to, yeah. <laughs> I would have put uh... them in the vaults, you know, geez. <laughs> But with this organized comics fandom now, uh, it's also not only organized but also somewhat rabid. So you needed a back issue market because, you know, there was only so much to read every month. You wanted to find out where everything came from. So uh, that market, we discussed the whole uh, newsstand and uh, direct market distribution. But uh, well, just uh, quick and dirty here. It started as a very small outfit in the 1950s with people trading comics through uh, the zine culture. Uh, it started with mail order outfits, kind of like Robert Bell's and Howard Rajovsky's. And uh, then it would grow into something that would, you know, fill stores. So you'd have things like uh, Chuck Rosansky, A Mile High, who uh, sexualized in back issues, and uh, you'd see him advertise in comics throughout the Bronze and Modern Age with uh, just tremendous lists of comics right. you could buy. There's, uh, this crossover here between mail order and retail operation, obviously, for sure. too. They, they, they yeah. did both. You had to do it. Absolutely. Um, now, you know, if we jump from the Golden Age, uh, where that had that rabid fandom into the Silver Age, we could jump to Brave and the Bold number 28, March 1960, cover date. Story title was The Justice League of America by Gardner Fox again and uh, Mike Sikowski. And, you know, you figure it worked in the Golden Age, putting the group of heroes together, so give it a go in the Silver Age. Mm. Um now, after a decade of superheroes being personas with capes non grata on the newsstand uh, that we discussed at length during our Comics Code Authority series, DC Comics' Julius Schwartz decided to revisit some old properties and give them a fresh new sci-fi 60s coat of paint. Mm-hmm. If we go over to Grant Morrison's book Super Gods, he'd refer to this new breed of hero, which would include uh, guys like Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. He'd call them the Kennedy Men and say that they use their wits instead of their fists. But uh, they also use their fists a whole heck of a lot. Too. But there always there always was a lot of I have to admit a lot of like I'm trapped in a you know a lot of Batman type scenarios where these characters a lot of planning would, and, would be trapped yeah. in like a, a a bin and they'd have to break out or use like use their wits. Yeah. that was I think that was part of Julius Schwartz's like and I know more Weisinger liked that too. He liked to like 
write stories about Superman where he didn't, he couldn't use any of his powers for whatever reason. Usually the most yeah. contrived, stupid reasons, but you know. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but clever, cleverness abounded either way. Either way, they had to <laughs> use his brain somehow. Now, in Brave and the Bold 28, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this, the top stars of DC or National Comics would come together as the Justice League. Uh, continuity wasn't what it would become, but it was definitely on firmer ground than during the Golden Age. Uh, and also, like, as a way, uh, you hear people talk about, like, they could only afford one comic, so they'd get the one with all the heroes in it, right. rather than, you know, if you if you wanted to read Superman, yeah, Superman was there in a couple of books, but if you wanted everyone plus Superman, you'd buy Justice League, uh, which <laughs> we were talking just off the air, where this whole funneling into one kind of backfired, and... Mm-hmm made it so people who read Justice League wanted to read the solo adventures of all the characters. So, in you know, instead of inverting, it, it just blew out into another potential avenue for completionism. Yeah, I likened it to the New York City subway and a lot of, a lot of different <laughs> transit that those are always built in areas of high density trying to, you know, funnel people out to the suburbs, but all it ever does is bring people closer to transit. They just, everyone wants to move around the uh, convenience of it. And yep. uh, this is the, you know, the, uh, you know, same kind of thing, I guess. You know, they, they come to the convenience of Brave and the Bold or the, or of Justice League, and they uh, get sucked into the Flash and all that other stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, continuity is creeping in. But, I will, yeah. I, you know, at this point, if you're collecting every issue of even Superman or Action Comics or pretty much any of the DC comics, you're doing it out of your, you've already got that collector's bug in you because there's no serialized mm-hmm. story. You know, what, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not doing it for on a story sense where you're getting a compounded thing. It's not like a on. soap opera yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, I've been reviewing every other week now, the Lois Lane books. Uh, and sometimes they'll refer to, you know, remember Lois Lane did X, Y, and Z uh, before, but they almost never mention the issue. Like, it's just irrelevant. They don't even, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not necessary to, to read it to get what's going on. Exactly. Yeah, they, exactly. they're not trying to get yeah. you. They, they don't care about you going back to read an old comic. They're just telling you that she has whatever, an explosive hairpin, and that's what whatever it is. And then sure. that might be contradicted in the same issue. So it's that that's where comics were for a long time of just, like, they had no expectation that you would ever want to even have two comics in your household. Right, yeah, you get the new one, throw the old one away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, of course, it really kicked off. Uh, the Marvel Age is what brought continuity in. That would be uh, Fantastic Four, number one, November 1961, cover date. That was uh, titled The Fantastic Four by Stan and Jack. Uh, and only a year and a change later, Marvel decided to create a team book of their own and wound up kicking off a whole new universe. But not that new universe. Don't don't get uh-huh. mistaken here. That was much later. Uh, yeah, uh, it was Avengers number one, September nineteen sixty three. That it would be coming of the Avengers by also by Stan and Jack. And hey, worked for the Justice League. So Marvel said, "Let me do. Let's do a Me Too." And uh, had their two characters that starred in their own titles uh, or shared their titles with another hero. They had a lot of those split books for reasons yeah. that we're not even going to get into now. But we have <laughs> talked about having to do their distribution. Uh, and then jamming them into a team book, and it worked very well. Uh, and mm-hmm. in the same way uh, that, you know, it worked for the Justice League, but even better, in a sense, because their yeah. storytelling was much more cohesive and continuity was tighter. There were editorial fo- footnotes telling readers what comics to go reference. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, those footnotes, people lived in those footnotes for, you know, even in our childhoods, 
that was everything. Sure. That, that was your timeline, your 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 lifeline to comics history. Uh, you know, you might have Spider-Man swing by in an issue of FF, and a footnote would tell you to to but issue to pick up or to follow him where he's where yeah, he was like, going. Where's also. he headed? Pick up yada 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 and find out. But so now now we're seeing though purposeful, right? Yeah. The, this, mm-hmm. this is this is them try, trying to get you to collect to buy. This is comics. selling, yeah. And that, and that's not you know that is a I think a totally normal and fine thing to do. But for sure, it, it's important. I think the distinction is it was you know the 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 consequence of collecting before now was kind of unintended. They never looked at these as things you would ever want to keep around your house for more than you know the the time it took to read them. Yeah, uh, Marvel was changing that, uh, and and you know we we've talked about also the other. Uh, sign of continuity was Marvel FF Annual One, right? Was that where or two? Was it with the wedding? Where they got wedding? Well, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but but the Avengers was much more of a make you want to spin out, and make you want to buy other comics, kind of. Kind yeah, because they all I mean? all those characters had their own titles, exactly. or or you could find them somewhere else. You you weren't going to find you know Reed Richards. <laughs> Yeah, Number exactly. Three, they, it, was, it was only going to be there, and like and like the, those other characters, they just attended the wedding. They didn't really. There wasn't like they weren't telling you to go check them out another book sure, or anything. Sure. Uh, but yeah, if you so, were reading all of them, it was a heck of an Easter egg, and it was probably a revelation of sorts to see all those characters occupying the same the same airspace. I, mean, I, I can only imagine. Just hearing from people and reading their accounts, it was it really was a revelation. It, it was it was akin to like finding out that your characters inhabited like a Lord of the Rings style. Sure, living Tempestry. universe. You know yeah. what I mean, and uh, <laughs> I can see that being incredibly exciting, especially in the way that it was revealed. It sort of, you know, uh, uh-huh. it sort of came at you uh, little by little, and then boom! Hey, we're on a team together, and we occupy the same space. And uh, I think that really did shock a lot of people, and definitely got people into a mindset of, I have to have every Marvel comic. I can't miss one. Because the mm-hmm. stories continue in other issues, you know what I mean? Like if I, you know, so oh, now, yeah. now it's not just I'm a fan of Batman, so I get those comics plus Justice League. It's I got to get every Marvel comic, anything with a Marvel logo on it, so I can make sure to follow every story thread as it goes. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, that led to a term called uh, Marvel Zombies. And uh, when we say that, we're not talking about those, you know, Skate Eight Hundred horror <laughs> comics that Marvel put out over the past decade with that uh, with a uh, with those wonderful homage covers only featuring zombies. That's right. But uh, we're talking about a term coined sometime. We're guessing because if you search for Marvel Zombies right now online, you're not going to find the term. <laughs> You're no, only going to no. find those books. But uh, we're assuming it was probably mid to late 70s, right? That the term Marvel yeah, Zombies. Yeah, I've actually heard Liefeld say that he was a Marvel zombie in 78, you know, like he, when, he was, okay. uh, when he was a little kid. Uh, I don't know if, you know, you didn't get a. You didn't get an ID card, so that might be no. him just describing it to himself or whatever. But <laughs> I believe it going back, I think it went back to even the mid to late 70s, yeah. I'd figure, yeah. And this would describe folks who would blindly gobble up all of Marvel's output, just like we were saying here. You got to get them all. You got to follow everything. And uh, and usually it's said somewhat derogatory, uh, like dismissively. Uh, uh-huh. uh, the first time that I'd actually heard the term was probably in the mid '90s, and it was from a couple of people dressed all in black buying Vertigo books. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, they uh, they mentioned something about Marvel zombies, and I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, but. Uh, 
I figure they're probably today taking their kids to see all the Marvel movies anyway. So. Being a Marvel zombie yourself at the time, you were, oh, absolutely. You took absolutely. At this. I gotta say, in my memory in the '80s was it was a it was a badge of honor. Uh, sure, sure. You know, and, and again, though, this is we talk. We we we'll probably go into this more as we go and talk about it more. But Chris and I are talking about a time where you could be a Marvel zombie or a DC zombie, and like. Pretty much afford it on most any decent salary. Not even any salary. Any Not salary, an like like an it allowance. Would, it would be like uh, you know twenty, thirty bucks maybe. But I'm talking now by late, we're going late nineties, you know. But in the eighties, early on, even and definitely in the seventies and. Like twenty bucks a month you're spending for every Marvel comic. It's not that yeah. crazy. It's not. It's not like it's you know you're 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 choosing between food and uh, comics. You're choosing between <laughs> beer and comics, which I think is a fair a choice to make. You know that that's sure. Fun. It's, it's uh, your your dispose your dispensable income. Exactly. Uh, you know that's yeah. that's where you want to put it. But uh, as we'll talk about probably later, it's the situation is quite different today. It is, it yeah. is, and uh, like you said, they do sometimes take it as a badge of honor, which is sometimes annoying, like, like kind of the way how we're all proud of being nerds and geeks nowadays. Right. Sometimes it can so, go the other way, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it gets a little bit cute. Uh, now, if we jump over to the direct market, uh, you know, the days of the newsstand, it wasn't always easy to be a completionist, because, you know, we did discuss this in our direct market series, distribution on the newsstands was anything but scientific, you right. know? Uh, you'd get the, the books that they know would sell, and then it's like, okay, fill in the rest with mm. whatever you got. So you were by no means guaranteed one of everything. Uh, then the direct market hits and the emergence of comic specialty stores, you know, that really helped the compulsive collector get them all. But at the same time, it wasn't guaranteed still. Right. Because, uh, you know, during the, the crazier days of the comic speculation era, we're talking like late 80s through early to mid 90s, books were like literally flying off shelves. So uh, if you didn't have a hold box, which at the time was a luxury you'd probably have to pay for. Yeah. You might be forced to travel to several comic shops to collect your bounty, but uh, luckily, you know, they, they seem to be opening up, like, on every corner back then. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's true. Uh, it is true. But still, you weren't guaranteed, and, and I can speak from, you know, personal experience. You weren't guaranteed to get everything you wanted, and uh, that would lead to, you know, into the back issue bins. Uh, they didn't keep books on shelves the way they do now. You know, right. if they were a week or two old, they were... In the bins marked up already. So. Often well marked up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <time>. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Either on the wall or in the bins, and you're paying that premium uh, for not getting there quick enough. So if you were a completionist, you were paying for the uh, for the luxury of being a completionist by having a box or by paying inflated prices on anything you might have missed. And you had to and you had to be mobile. You had to get out there. I mean, this is something with sure. still a hangover from the newsstand going on into the 90s where uh, you know, and that's what makes those comics uh, you know, people want to get people search for them because they were kind of catch as catch can, less so as you go, you know, obviously into the direct market, but Sure. Those newsstand days, you hear stories about guys like, you know, on Comics Day, they had to hit five different candy stores because oh, yeah. they knew one guy would always have whatever, this That's comic. Yeah. And the mm -hmm. other guy, he would always, you know, he'd always have the other one they wanted. So it, it, it really was uh, an adventure. I don't know. I don't know really how to put it, but there, there was a whole uh, collecting thing to it. Like, you know, you're always in the bins. That's, that's the, yeah. that's where you, 
do your you ply your hobby, we'll say, or whatever. Uh, I'm telling or you, there's a there's like a part of by me least, script you know. in this. <laughs> you think <It's> like so? A... <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a dead comic? You know that. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, you know, you, yeah. You, I mean, you're 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 in the bins, but there is nowadays a, uh, and we're kind of we're going to start getting into it now. The modern way of collecting is really very passive, uh, and. Yeah. You know, we talked about hold boxes. Also, these are called pull boxes, pull lists. I don't want anyone sure. to get confused. They're all the same. The same thing. Uh, after that boom period we talked about, this would have been going 97-ish or something like this. Comics retailers had to curb their orders. They're no longer buying a thousand copies of, uh, you know, foil cover issue, number yeah. one, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, they can no longer count on speculators to wander in and just buy 50 copies off the street of the latest issue of Youngblood or X-Men, which you actually saw someone do for... For Spawn number one. For Spawn yeah. number one, right? They're walking yep. off the street and buy 50. Uh, mm-hmm. Or try to buy 50. Tried to buy 50, yeah. And he was got the guy who's like, oh, no, buddy, I'm, I'm piecing these out. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, these prices are going up as my quantity decreases. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, just, in, we're in crunch pricing right exactly now. Probably, that's exactly probably. I can guarantee <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And so now, as such, whole boxes were offered for free and often with a discount, which is really where they are today. Most places, most comic yeah. stores will offer you a whole box. And I think it's a 20%. Depends on the yeah, place. I've heard a lot of It either things. cancels out the tax or maybe goes a little bit higher, yeah. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's, I'll be honest, if you are a comic, comics fan here, the, your assumed guaranteed patronage was worth it when retailers were struggling to keep the lights on, then they, they were willing to give you a break. Some of them do request that you put down a card. Yeah. Um, it's, the smart ones. Yeah, they were the smart ones. <laughs> but, but, they, but to be honest, a lot of them don't because they can't afford to not get something, you know what I mean? Like, not have sure. some kind of clue of what to order. Yeah. Uh, and now, a completionist really could order one of everything and even do so at a discount. So That's when I did it. Which is what you have done. Uh-huh. Oh, well, you, That's when I started. So you had a uh, you had a, a hold box at one time. Yeah, I got a, because it was like, a, it was one, another one of those revelations, because we moved out to, to Arizona in the late 90s, and uh, I wandered into a... Uh, ramshackle comic shop uh the the first one i ever went into out here and i look in the bins and like nothing's bagged and boarded and uh, I, i'm the last time i think i was in a comic shop was probably 95 ish and uh and i was you know i was accustomed to going in and there'd be the bins bagged boarded everything with a price tag on it sure. so i asked the guy i'm like oh how much are those he's like he's like cover price i'm like but those are like a couple years old he's like yeah cover price wow I'm like, What's going on here? Right. And uh, and we, uh, you know, I got to talking to him, and I started up a hold box because he's like, "Hey, do you want a hold box?" I'm like, oh, "How much?" And he's and he said like fifteen percent. I'm like, I'm "Like fifteen percent of what?" He's like, "No, no." <laughs> he's like, uh, "He's like, no, no. It's fifteen percent discount if you if you sign up for like ten comics a month. If you go for like twenty comics a month, it's up to twenty percent. So it was, you know, prorated uh, right. uh, percentage, which makes sense. I think that's it does. Fair, it yeah. does. And uh, and I was shocked because I, I was I was accustomed to be back home where it's like, okay, you want a hold box? Yeah, that's uh, that's twenty bucks a year or Absolutely. fifty bucks a yeah. year mm-hmm. or twenty bucks a month if in you know the headier times. And, uh, and, and that that did not guarantee that the comics in that box were were cover price either. Often they would still true. Ja- they would also still true. juice them up for what they thought they could get. For what they yeah, yeah absolutely you just guaranteed an issue not just, a price right. But uh, yeah, so I was you know. Just bamboozled, <laughs> and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I can actually try more books now. So it came to a point where I was a 
Marvel Zombie, one of everything of Marvel. And then, uh, although, and, I, you know, although if I have my Chris timeline right, that's roughly around the time you started to peak a little bit at DC, right? Late nineties, isn't that when yes, you started? Absolutely. To take yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because take a uh, sniff on the other side of the fence because <laughs> I guess it was so easy. You were like, "Why the hell not?" Exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> I started. Uh, I started working full time, and uh, that was around the time of uh, No Man's Land. Oh, okay. And um, and I'm like, okay, so I can grab a couple of Batman books, and I see them all having that caution tape on the right, edge, right. and I'm like, well, I need all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was all the Batman books were in there. Then it's all the Superman books are in there, and and, and all of a sudden it became I was a one of everything, wow, both you, Marvel and DC. They really got you with a, the No Man's Land is a big boy. You you just jumped into. I'd say that's that's close oh, yeah. to like DC's Clone Saga in scope as far as like number of issues. So many pages. Yeah. So many pages, and they, and they all were part of this uh, crossover that was absolutely. like absolutely nothing felt like it was a uh, totally nothing felt like it didn't matter right exactly there, there were there were definitely some we call them vignette issues but they were sure. all uh part of the you know the the mood of the whole thing so oh yeah yeah you got roped in there i you know i tried having a pull box uh a few years back it didn't really it didn't really work for my lifestyle you know what i'm saying Chris? <laughs> i'm just not that <laughs> no i'm not that kind of guy to be packing uh Single issues into into I'm not I'm just don't collect them like that. That's all there is to sure. it. So, um, but going back to that boom period and even before it, the comics industry like we we're talking about they adapted crossovers and event style storytelling, and this would coerce readers into buying and trying books they normally wouldn't. Uh, obviously, things like Crisis, Secret Wars, and it, again, that's the innocent days of it. Sure. <laughs> you know, then the X Family crossovers, then the Superman. You know, the Superman oh, yeah. spinning out into four and, is yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness! Like they, they once they saw how to do it, they were like, okay, this is how you force people to buy extra books they wouldn't necessarily do. Yeah. Uh, and for a completionist, this is what you must have it. You know, and yeah. and again, it just it it's so funny to me because uh, you know we we're to, we talk sometimes broadly about collectors and. But everyone is a fan. Everyone is a collector in their own way. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people, a collect, you know, a, a collector of Superman. Some people will just stop with any comic that has the word Superman in the title. Yeah, they don't care what it, what it ever spun out into. They don't care about when it crossed over with action comics. They're good just to have that one comic. That's their thing. Other people. Mm-hmm. They gotta have everything with Superman in it, and then you are sure. in a world of pain and hurt. <laughs> uh, and and just so just real quickly on this one, decompression. Um, there are completionists who may not buy all of a certain title, but all appearances of a particular character. Like I was saying, different ways to collect, you know. And so, if said a character is appearing in a title these days, it might be spread to six issues rather than one or two. And we we're gonna put a pin in that for now. We're gonna we're doing a whole comics talk about decompression and writing for trade collections uh where we expand on that but this is also part of what draws people so now i mean god you, you if you have a six issue mini where mm-hmm. your favorite character throws up and shows up in three issues what are you not going to get the whole six issue mini you know what right. i mean like and now exactly. you now are you not going to get the fo- the follow up whatever you know what i mean it, it really does just compound it itself and as soon as these companies figured that out or, or really had the people that do that working there. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did they make good on that. But uh, 
Certainly, certainly. and you know, even it. speaking of the people working there, they're a completionist for creators. You know, sure, like sure. absolutely, yeah. So, like, you'll you know, if you want to get every every issue written by Paul Dini, you know, or every uh, every issue drawn by Jim Lee, I mean, you're you're digging around, and uh, I'd say I'm it, I'm closest to that kind of thing personally. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. There are characters I like, obviously, that I try to have every appearance, uh, like a dual control sure. and uh, different little weird things, but. As far as really what I pursue, it's it would be you know I love Wally Wood's art. I'll I want to see everything Wally Wood drew. I, you know I love sure. Alan Moore. I want to see read everything he wrote. Uh, I haven't over time. I've I've even collected things and shed them, which I'm sure you have too. <laughs> but you know you want to get them. So yeah, that that's closest sure. to where I am with it. Yeah, because like I, I'll probably follow Grant Morrison just about anywhere he mm-hmm. goes, even even yeah. if it's like the retelling of Santa Claus's origin at some. <laughs> I think it was like Boom or something. Yeah, Krampus, right? Was that called? Or that was it was because right. Claus, Claus with the, a K. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, if we go back to uh, you know guest appearances, things like Wolverine, who would show up in a whole lot of books during the '90s to try to push uh, to inflate numbers on, you know, an issue, a random issue of Guardians of the Galaxy. They'll, uh, yeah. you know, based in the future, they'll be fighting Wolverine's animated skeleton. You know, it's like <laughs> just to get you to buy the book. And of course, that one was foil covered too. Oh, of course. But uh. You know, people who were Wolverine completionists, or people like me who were like Vartox and Terry Long completionists, you know, we'd, <laughs> we'd have to buy uh, issues of a whole bunch of books you normally wouldn't pick up because, mm. you know, there wasn't much crossover between the Guardians and the Galaxy and the X Men back in the 90s. You know, uh, one was the top book and one was a third or fourth or maybe fifth tier book. Maybe a book. fifth tier book, yeah. Yeah. That, that's why but, Wolverine suddenly was expanding. He, he kind of took a little trip yes. around the Marvel Universe around then, didn't he? Several, several. He knew, <laughs> and he knew everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a brand new character. So I was like, yeah, I had an adventure with him once. Oh, okay. And then we get to hear about that. But, uh, I mean, these days we'd probably look no further than Deadpool and his uh, DC equivalent Harley sure, Quinn. Sure, sure. To uh, for that, where they're just shoving them into books to to pump numbers, and uh, if you are a fan of those characters, you're probably gonna go to books you would ordinarily not touch with a ten foot pole. So yeah. uh, it's just uh, interesting, and uh, that that kind of takes us into our next point, which is milking of franchises. Uh, it's by no means a new problem, if if we can even call it a problem. It, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a business plan basically, uh-huh. but. Uh, in the years leading up to and into the speculator boom, titles, so, you know, you have your Amazing Spider-Man or whatever, they were becoming families of titles. So right. The, the stories are too big to be contained, Chris. They <laughs> yes. had, we had to expand <laughs> them into these issues, yeah. It's like Spider-Man had, you know, four four week, you know, four weekly <laughs> titles and a quarterly book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman, the same thing. He had four books and a quarterly. Uh, when you get into things like Batman and the X-Men, you know, forget about it. It's you were you could you could fill your pull box with just those and still drop a, a pretty decent amount of coin on. Oh it. yeah. And, and to be fair though, this does go back to really even the early days like there, sure. There once were, like, in a sense, four Superman books with Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane. You had an uh, adventure comics. Yeah, so adventure comics, but also Superboy. Would yeah. contain, exactly. So, you know, th- this idea of give the people, you know, more and more of what they want until they're sick of it is not new to comics, not new to the business, but, you know, now. But back then, you didn't need to read Lois Lane or Jimmy. No, exactly. Now exactly. you have to read everything. Now there's a much more calculated <laughs> need to tell you that if you're a fan of this character, if you're a fan of this story, here are the, all the comics you have to you buy. You might miss something yeah, if you don't exactly. buy this. Yeah. 
And I mean, these days it's it's more of the same. So, you know, you don't just have one Justice League book. You know, we have right. Justice League Dark. You have Odyssey. We've had, you know, Justice League United. We've had all all different yeah, books. And Justice uh, League of America, like Justice League in America, Justice League became two teams. That's how yeah. much they had to split the damn thing up. <laughs> yep, and, and we had Justice League International again sure. at the start of the new. That's 52. right. I, right. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, yeah it ran like a ten or twelve issues, something like that. But it, it did suck. So <laughs> it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. But uh, if you are a completionist uh, or someone like like me, I, I've got I've got just about a full run of Justice League books since the day I was born and beforehand. You know, before uh, that. And now it's like, okay, well, now Justice League is three titles, so it's like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I am <laughs> now. Justice League is a comic that I I do collect in trade, but uh-huh. uh, I, I have a, a lot of Justice League trades, not just the series, and I've swapped one out. But I've even got like the they've got like storylines collected. You know what I mean? And, and uh, sure. it's just because sure. I'm into. But then you get into the more modern era and I've just had to make personal choices where like, I don't consider that a justice league book. I don't care, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm like, without naming names, there are certain runs, very recent runs that I've been like, I'm not, I'm not collecting that. I don't care about that run at all. Like, you know, like, so you can break the cycle folks. There are, there are certain, you know, deaths you don't have to go to, but uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I just wanted to mention that. No, it's, it's true though. It, it's true because it's just so fractured right now mm-hmm. where, you know, I, I was. Uh, it was funny, but we we were recording a couple of days ago, and we were talking about something in Marvel right now. And I took a look at the uh, the Discount Comic Book Services bundle. Yeah. And I'm seeing books like Spider Verse, Spider Geddon, Spider Hulk. I'm like, what is this stuff? I mean, yeah. I'm, like, so, if I'm a Spider Man fan, do I need these books? Like, exactly. what's going on? <laughs> Especially, you know, I mean, we go back a year or two where I think it was Spider Geddon, uh, where the main story of Spider Geddon didn't take place in Amazing Spider Man. The right. Amazing Spider Man issues were the tie in. So you'd would... have to buy a whole other book. To get the story, the, the main it was Spider Verse. It was or into the Spider Verse. Was one of those. It was, yeah, like it was this. one of those. But yeah. it was one of those something with a spider hyphen something. But uh, it, it's just it's if you want to collect everything, you need to get them all. Uh, and, and they like kind of deflated the X Family books for a little while, but now they're blown up again. So it's like yeah. I'm not sure I have enough fingers on my hands to count. How many X Men books I need to buy a month to, to X Men keep... Blue, X Men Red? I was like, I didn't realize that. Back the Uncanny X Men is weekly and like five to eight dollars a piece. It's I didn't like, realize they brought the Green Lantern Corps over to Marvel with all the different colors. <laughs> yes, X Men emotion. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, and they they really do just churn them. I gotta say this quickly, uh, and I, know, I, I want you to tell them about your amazing uh, revelation about the modern, the current run of Uncanny X Men. But uh, oh, yes. I remember years ago. Um, gosh, what what do they call it? This is this is like 2012 or something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the X Men, something like this. Maybe it was Uncanny or they well, read they had, something. Back then they had like Uncanny. They had Wolverine in the X Men. They had Astonishing X Men, Amazing X Men, X Men Legacy, uh, X Force, Cable and X Force, Uncanny X Force, yeah, X Factor, all new X Factor. What this purported to be was that it was going to be the original Stan and Jack team. Uh, oh, all new X Men. That, that's I think that must have been what it is. Uh, and it, it was going to be them, and I was like, all right, I, I like them. I feel like I hadn't seen them in that way in a minute. You know what I mean? I was like, all right. And plus, I'm an you know I'm an old fart. I'm very comfortable in that old Silver Age world. So I uh, I went I went to get it. And uh, what it was was that team was brought, brought the to the present, present, where there was another 
Scott Summers, like the current Scott Summers. Oh, that's what it was. Beast brought yeah. the old team to the present in order to like make Shock Scott yeah, Cyclops back to normal, back yeah. to being normal. But it didn't. He was still like a jerk. And so there were like two versions of the team running around. Mm-hmm. And I and like I was able to keep up because I knew enough from you know reading it in the eighties. But I was like, God. God help anyone if this is their first Could you imagine? comic book. Yeah. They would be like, what is happening? Could you imagine? <laughs> and, 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 you know, that Marvel was a, you know, they got too cool for school for a little while where they didn't use things like thought bubbles and they didn't use yep. things like editorial footnotes. Yep. And so you didn't know where to go. Uh, you <laughs> no were, idea what was happening. If, but what Marvel did do is they put a page of text in the beginning of every uh, issue because that's what people buying comics want to read is a full well, page of text. But, but, you know, I have a problem with that. People talk about that, too, as a being such a good thing, I think that there's... It's not. It's, it's not, because you're, you're basically blowing out a page that could have artwork on it, you know, with, with a nice chunk of text, and as complex as these stories are, you you know, that's where that's where we become. You have to pre- preface each book with this huge block of text, but mm-hmm. even at that, it doesn't tell you every... You know what I mean? These doesn't. issues... You know, when we go back to the newsstand days, for obvious reasons, they these issues needed to be self-contained, because the, yeah. the writer didn't know if you were going to have the previous or the next one. Uh, but now they go so far out of their way not to be self-contained, and that's part of my problem with this all-new X-Men. It's like the big reveal is is that, you know, the big shocker, the big to-do, and what actually drew, drew me into it is that they're using these old characters. But yeah. what does a new reader care about? You know what I mean? What do they care? There's no, they have no nostalgia that, for it. They have no ties to these characters. You have it's to make just... these characters relevant to them. You know what I mean? Like sure. this, These are the people that are going to be buying comics into the the future, you know, it's like you're just you're just stroking my ego and poorly at that because I didn't even end, I didn't even end up buying that comic to, to, for a long time. I think I bought two issues and I was like, I'm lost. Forget it. Goodbye. It, uh, it, I I was actually reading the X Men at the time and I was kind of lost. I mean, it was just because, like you said, it was such a huge deal. But at the end of the day, it was just okay. Well, here's more of the same characters and uh, and they were still in the same horrible world. Like I forget what was happening, but. It was after uh, the. It was it was after Avengers versus X Men, where uh, Cyclops took in the Phoenix Force and turned bad, and and then he was like Dark Cyclops. Yeah, Phoenix I remember. I remember and... he was like, but, and like, but like, I forget what it was. The world was like crumbling around them. Maybe that's just how the Marvel universe and all comic book universes is, are yeah. these days now. Always, <laughs> always, everything is destroyed. But uh, I want I want you to tell our patrons who I know can can keep this amazing secret, Chris, your decision. <laughs> On the current Marvel Uncanny X-Men I mean uh, Breaking a long tradition I have been buying Uncanny X-Men Since I want to say 1988 So 30 years this year and uh, they stopped producing Uncanny X-Men to bring in all these, uh, the color books, uh, X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, X-Men which made, Black. Which made it X-Men... easy for you, uh, the person you are, to To stop. walk away. Right, exactly. Yeah, because they weren't Uncanny X-Men anymore, so I wasn't, I wasn't interrupting a run, per se. I was interrupting a family of runs, but not a run in itself. Right. And uh, then they bring it back in whatever this disaster is, this... Uh, this uncanny X-Men $8, 400 writers, 17,000 editor book. And I open it and I have no idea what what's going on. Yeah. And uh, and then I, I look further and it's like, oh, this is weekly now. At, <laughs> at, at, at four five bucks. Eight five bucks. bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Five to eight bucks because they have a skate 800 writers on each issue. Oh, wow. And uh, that, that was it. I was just done. And uh, 
it broke a 30-year run on a, on a comic, and uh, I realize I don't miss it. <laughs> I, find that, I find that to be, and I, I, I bet your story is not super unique, you know what I mean? I think a I'm lot sure. of people come yeah. down that way, but, you know, if those comics, you know, had been grabbing you in, in the earlier 2000s, the X-Men comics... Uh, it's likely you would not only, you know, you'd be buying not only this run, you would have bought all the comics. I'm sure. saying if you like them, you'd probably be living in a storage locker, you know, uh, signing <laughs> divorce papers, but that would be the reality of it, you know what I mean? But, uh, but, 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 you know, Marvel sort of just by this churn, they churned you out, you know? They did. They, 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 did. they, they spit you out of the rotation. That doesn't happen yeah. to everybody. I'm sorry, and go they, ahead. And they, and they could previously count on... At least a hundred bucks a month from me. Mm. I mean, that's not a big. That's a drop in the bucket to a you know a billion dollar you know, conglomerate they're yeah. part of. But I, I mean, I, I told you about that that pull box I had uh-huh. back in the late nineties. Every Christmas, that dude would buy me a gift because oh, wow. I, I was with him for like three or four years, oh. and uh, and I'd be like, oh thanks, and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you. Uh, he says you pay about a third of my rent. Huh. Interesting. And I'm like. Holy smokes, I pay a third of this guy's annual rent. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Oh, my God. I mean, that's that's all money that uh, Marvel was getting. Sure. <laughs> he ain't anymore. Yeah. Because uh, I, I did try two books because I, I have complete runs of, oh, man, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Spider-Man, Daredevil, all the X books, going back to before I was born. That's, mm. you know, I'm, I'm going to be 39 this week. So I mean, it's a uh, a long, long, long runs, and uh, and I tried a new issue of Avengers. Nope. Tried right. an issue of the, the new Fantastic Four. Nope. I didn't even try Amazing Spider-Man because I'm not letting anything by Nick Spencer in my house. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm done with Marvel now, and this is the first time in 30 years where there are no Marvel books coming into my house. And yeah, it's... That, that's stunning. You know, <laughs> I, I know that can be like almost like you lost. A friend or something, you know what I mean? It, it's like, true. It's true. And I see people sharing Marvel stuff online, and it's like you. It used to be that would perk me up and be like, "Oh, cool, what's going on?" Now it's just like it's just so maddeningly frustrating. Where it's just like, "Oh, okay, so oh, so everything I knew wasn't real again." Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, God, I, I, please, I'm I'm about to blow my stack. This this <laughs> latest this this Charles Soul Daredevil run. Okay, which which and Daredevil, my Daredevil uh, completionism. People, people don't uh people which I again that's another one where I made them I made a Justice League type decision. I'm not collecting that one. You know I don't that one is a, a gas leak season or whatever they call it on a community. But I uh, yeah I you know I, when he when he started when he was going to be on that I liked him so much on a couple other things and, and I was Swamp like, Thing I, yeah I loved him on Swamp Thing I lo- I liked sure. him on uh, Red Lanterns and I was like wow he's a lawyer. A New York lawyer about to write a That'll New York fun. lawyer. Yep. This would be cool. And like they, they just they had pulled the switcheroo where he had been in San Francisco. Secret Wars happened, and now suddenly he's the assistant DA in New York. And they were like, "Well, we're going to explain this later." A year into the run, I'm buying it. <laughs> they explained nothing. I was like, "Forget this. I'm not buying this anymore. It's boring as hell. It was so slow." And then I find out that the recent one, he made it all a dream, Chris. He Patrick Duffy the goddamn thing. You're kidding me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, are you? Oh, like, there's supposed to be a, more revelations to come as to what, how I many was issues like, are in this volume. Oh god, uh, I don't know. How, I couldn't tell you. It's got to be up to like forty it's, or fifty now, it's, right? It's like almost three years, I think. Oh. Yeah. it's a long run, and I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, you might as well just kick people in the dick that actually yeah. read the thing. But 
this is this is uh there's oh. no impetus for them to write a good story. There's nothing there for them to do it, Chris. That's really no. what it comes down to. Um yeah, yeah. uh let, let's let's tell about these giants here. This this is a little yeah. bit of good news, I think. Well, it's it's funny because uh, you know we we're you know we are compl- or I am a completionist. Uh, oh. I still get my my weekly books, but I get them you know for, in the mail order every month or so. But uh, I still do buy single issues. Is is the thing of right. the year. And uh, there are things that I'm still a completionist about. I, you know, I've got probably 700 issues straight of Action Comics at this point. You know, it's like. I, I I only need maybe 15 issues of Teen Titans to have every single Teen Titans book, you know. Yeah. Uh, so Titans is one of the things that I'm a completionist about. It'll be Teen it could be Titans. well, it could be anything. It could uh. be Team Titans. It could be Teen Titans. Uh. Just Titans. Tiny Titans. Teen Ooh. Titans Go. Uh, Teen Titans manga crap. Uh, uh, Teen Titans Earth One. Anything with Teen Titans in it, I'm going to I'm going to grab. And uh, when they introduced these Walmart 100-page giants, I kind of dismissed them as like, oh, those are just the things that'll sit on a shelf at Walmart, which for the most part they are. Uh-huh. Um, and then I see people giddily sharing the uh, the books that they bought, and it's all people that I follow already who are already going to the comic yep. store yep. Or, or who are still buying comics regularly and showing off the comics they buy regularly. And uh, I got they're this one thing one. I got that one too. You know, yeah. I'm a, you know, that's that's my that's my completionist wheelhouse where I'm trying to have sure. every appearance, you know, uh, uh, you know, issue of Swamp Thing in, in some form. So yeah, I had sure. to have it. Sure. Yeah. So I I, uh, I I go in there and I dismiss it altogether, and then I find out that oh, there's a Teen Titans one. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Then like like a hypocrite, I go in there and I buy the Teen Titans one, and it's. And, and and as I'm buying it, I'm feeling really weird because it's like this one, this book isn't supposed to be for me. But you know that the big guys know that there are completionists. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, uh, I mean, it kind of gets into like, and it's not it's none of the, it's not their fault. They're a business trying to make money, but you, you can't help but kind of feel exploited. I want I want to say that earnestly. You know, I mean, uh, we don't know DC's mind on this, but. I want to say they earnestly do hope to get new comics readers. Well, sure. There. Yeah, why wouldn't they? But yeah. if, if that's all they wanted, why weren't they all reprints? Why would they even bother with new new anything? You know what I mean? Like they, sure. DC and Marvel have put out plenty of comics in the past of all reprinted material. So mm-hmm. why not keep? Why not try that again? And frankly, I think you get a lot more traction. To, uh, not to mention, it'd be a lot cheaper to uh, produce I was gonna say, and sell. The price point is. Kind of telling because you know five bucks for a hundred pages—that's like a screaming deal to you and me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but to, but to a mom with like a five-year-old or eight-year-old kid standing online at Walmart, they're not gonna put five bucks into a comic book. Yeah, they're like, eh, how long is this gonna take? You know, right? They need something that's gonna take up like hours, and that's why YouTube works very well. Yeah. For <laughs> the kid's gonna flip through it once, probably not read any of it, and just put it away. Yeah. You know, you might get one or two, but. For five dollars, I mean five bucks, you could go next door to the GameStop and buy, you know, one of the Batman Arkham games. Right. So it's, why it, it's it just it the price to me is probably the most telling part because if DC really wanted the new readers, they'd start throwing those one dollar books in there. I, mean, I, I you know it, they could fit a ton of them in those little bins. And uh, they by, probably by the get time them. by the time this comes out, our. Uh... Our uh, Christmas episode of, of Cosmic Treadmill with that Rudolph will be out. But yes. we talk about limited collectors edition. Those were all giant treasury, you know, 
The kind of they thing a, a kid could yeah. spend an, an afternoon on of all reprints, and they were for a dollar. Now, granted, a dollar in 1975 is probably about five dollars today, but uh, <laughs> but it was still a dollar was an amount of money you could like peel off, you know, like you yeah. know you, you start you start to get into a whole mental once you pass that dollar threshold, it you come into a different mental world because of the guess sure. the way our money is split up and stuff. Where even even looking at like iTunes apps or I I, I what's the Apple Store apps, it's like. If it's more than ninety nine cents, people start to second guess. Exactly, they're just like, oh, yeah. oh, now even though it might be just another dollar, you know what I mean? It's like suddenly, you know, it's suddenly a, what is the value there? It's a big yeah. expenditure, even though a dollar today is literally worth almost nothing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get a candy bar. <laughs> I mean, he's Walmart. Th- I mean, you're, you are one hundred percent right, and I do think that's what the new material is about. Because, like I say, yeah. from a from a true just layup publishing st- standpoint. Like Archie, those Archie Digest, those are reprints going back to like when our parents were children. You know, at sure, least they were one sure. uh, into the '90s at least, and uh, they'll they'll keep churning those things until the bindery breaks in it. They don't care, <laughs> uh, and that, that's why they can they sell them so cheaply. These little bound books, you know. So, yep. uh, just just imagine if the Walmart was the Walmart books were all reprints and you sold them for two bucks. Exactly. Then I think you would truly see whether or not they're going to fly off shelves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, that kind of says the the uh, history lays down this the personal histories and the real yeah. history of collecting. Um, but you know, there's another side of it that I talk about a lot. Yes, maybe too much. But I really think this is an issue in comics that really needs to be addressed, and that is the obsession and the addictiveness of collecting. Um, it's not unique to comics. Uh, but it is essentially at some point you're essentially hoarding. There are so many collectors uh, that get pull boxes or or don't whatever. The, however, they get their comics, uh, their new comics. I mean, and they have not looked at it. They have not cracked a comic in sometimes decades now. You know what I mean? They're just sure. slipping them into a box. They're you know they they often come bagged and boarded and slipping them into a box. And uh, this is what I was kind of getting at before when I was saying you know when you. In the 90s, when you wanted to get your comics, you might have to hit different stores and yeah. stuff. Or going back even further, you had to hit you know different locations. You had to go on the hunt. And you still do that today. You don't do... Uh, you get your new comics, you know, from DCBS. Mail, you're yeah. in the bins. You're 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 doing the rotation. Uh, oh yeah, I'm so filling holes. That's yeah. that's that that's the activity of it. You know, what I mean that that to me is the. The, the the meat of the hobby is that you know what I mean the, the categorizing and now that that's the necessary housework, yeah. but the you know the the digging getting your hands dirty that's the thing. But a lot of these guys today they're, they're not even doing that you know what I mean they're just receiving comics and then filing them away in this yeah. incredibly passive addictive way. And this is just some, checking off boxes. Yeah, that's that's exactly you know what I mean. And it's it's the kind of thing where you made a decision that you were going to stop with Uncanny X Men the new one. Some people yeah. have not and can, and cannot make that decision. You know what I mean? They are compelled. Yeah. They they've bought everything with an X on it, going For back years. to whatever, yeah. and they're not and they're never going to stop. Uh, I mean, I I've heard of stories of guys. I was saying before, but my uh, my comic shop has another store on in a different borough in New York, and uh, they, there's a guy there that buys every Marvel comic every month in a box, and they give it to him, and and I'm pretty sure they cut. He gets gets them bagged and boarded. Uh, for that kind of service, for the kind of money he spends, because he spends like oh, it could be five hundred or more dollars a month. Easily, uh, yeah. easily. You know what I mean? Like if there's an event month, you could be Don't spending out into it. May, may, and if Deadpool gets married, uh, you know you're gonna have to uh, <laughs> take out a second mortgage. 
And it's the same on the DC side. I don't, I mean, it's, it's, oh, sure, it's, sure. It's, DC's a it's buck cheaper until yeah. recently, but it's, it's the same type of thing. So um, this is something that, that I think that uh, comic companies cater to. I definitely think that's why you keep seeing the same named events over and over and over. And what happens to them is irrelevant. The story is. is irrelevant. The impetus to make the story good is not there. You know what I mean? Like this. Oh yeah. If you're guaranteed um, two thousand even to sales of X Men, well then you only need to juice a few thousand more. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you, you have a good baseline. I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm picking numbers out of the air. Yeah, and just I, easy enough. Sure. And I will say that before I, I came to the comics internet, which would be around 2012 for whatever reason, it took that long. I had it in my mind that it wasn't that there weren't that many collectors of that type. Chris, I don't know why. You ever have just this notion in your mind and you look sure. back and you're like, I had no fact to base that on. I just decided that was true. I, you know, I literally <laughs> did nothing to, to find out. I was just like, oh, there can't be that many left. There are, I can tell you now, having been in the comics, there are a lot. There are a lot of people that are just oh, yeah. filing comics away every week or month or whatever, however they get it. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to some extent, that's you, but you are reading a lot of them. But you're I'm, not reading, I'm reading all of them. I, I, yeah, there's <laughs> no way I'm. Up. It's like it's crazy. Back, back when I had, when, back when I was getting one of everything in the mid, the late '90s, I was actually reading everything. Right. Now, um, you know, I, I, I'm lean and mean by comparison, but that's still, you know, I'm still getting a a grip of books that I'm not reading, and they're they I sit, I say they're sitting there waiting for me, but when the when the hell am I going to read Dan Abnett's Aquaman? <laughs> like really? Like yeah. What, when am I going to read, uh, you know, uh, a story from Detective Comics two and a half years ago and and a, and a continuity ago? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it, I just, this is not going to be a time. What we hope is that one day you'll get trapped in a well, and then you can tell your <laughs> wife just start Throw sending it down, start sending down the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but I was pretty surprised that they they are they're bringing uh, footnotes back. At DC. Yes, yes I, they uh, are. But the thing of it is, is they're all saying read metal. Right. They they all say read metal. <laughs> and actually, there was one case recently where I saw there was an inconsistency where they referenced a comic in one scene, but they so it, it's not. There's no. It's not. Yeah, a, it's, it's not it's being not uniformly measured. applied. Yeah, yeah, it's not measured like it used to. It used to. I mean, to be honest, in the '80s, it got ridiculous where there were more callbacks to old comics than there was stories. Sometimes you were just like, <laughs> you know, and, and, read X, read, <laughs> read Superman da, 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 to find out. That. It was just like, wow. <laughs> and as a as a guy who blogs every day for three years now. I do a lot of callbacks now too, so I'm importing I'm importing links throughout yeah. my. Uh, oh, we do pieces. it all the time too on Cosmic Treadmill. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just like yeah, exactly. It's like check out this in the archives. There are some episodes where we say that more than anything. It's true. Sometimes I feel like you know we can't all be in the archives, but yeah, when you build up when you build up a thing, but you know I'll tell you I used to it used to I used to bristle at that in the '80s because I felt like what it is is essentially getting YouTube you know buy more comics and stuff, but yeah. looking at it now. That seems so much more honest and transparent, uh, transparent, and right, and yeah. story driven than the kind of malarkey that goes on today, where it's like every event has whatever you know. It starts with six books. Now it grew three more books. You know, like yep. the, like yep. the Grinch's heart on Christmas. It grew three sizes, and <laughs> and now there are three ancillary like side things that really you don't have to read at all. Not to mention oh, random boy, issue yeah. tie-ins, and and this is how every event is set up. Uh, on both sides, I you know, uh, oh yeah, 
and in the end of it, it means nothing. Like this freaking daredevil thing, it meant nothing. Anyway. No, is it because I've talked a few times on here about how my my Marvel zombie hood died, and that was during Civil War yeah. because of just what you said. I mean, Civil War took forever to come out, held everything up, and it had all these branching uh, miniseries like Civil War Frontline. So I can see what the man on the street thought. Right. I, what do I care? <laughs> what, what do I really care? You couldn't you some, couldn't put some, that in a regular issue. Like I have a little right? bit of that in there. You, you can have a cutaway of a schlub watching <laughs> Spider-Man pull his mask off. Really? You need to charge me four bucks an issue for that? <laughs> it's it's just and and you know and like he said, it means nothing because and, and this is both companies, but Marvel especially at this point, they announced the relaunch, right? They'll announce in say January. They'll say, "Hey, April, everything's getting relaunched." Okay, cool. So you get to April, you start buying one, two, three. They announce the next relaunch in November. Yeah. So you have like four months of just lame duck storytelling, just getting you to the next reboot. So which which will just you know make the cycle happen again. You'll uh, get I, three I, or four I, issues of build, the announcement, and then three or four issues of lame duck. And at the end of the day, like you said, it means nothing. I think the attitude is uh, at, at definitely in Marvel, and I think at both companies, it seems like they can't sell anything but number one issues. You know, it's true. Um, you know, the, at both of them now, legacy, the, the Marvel Legacy, they did what DC. It's funny. What's so funny is, uh, you know, I'll never claim that that Marvel is not the mover and the shaker. They sell by far the more comics there, and Absolutely. now they're more cultural, the more culturally relevant, relevant. Yeah. Uh, comic company. But in terms of these recent initiatives, it always seems to be like DC does them first. You know, like they did the new like 52 that, yeah. first, and then Marvel did Marvel now. reboot it. And then they did it like more than DC ever did it. They rebooted like five times in the next, you know, five years. So yeah. they, they, they like, it was like, the, you know, you think you can reboot? I'll show you how to reboot. <laughs> but, uh, and that's the same thing with this, where Rebirth, they created the two first issues, right? There was Rebirth yep. number one for everyone, and then there was and then the, regular the actual number one. number one. And then Marvel did that for this. They had Legacy, where they had the Legacy number one, and then the... Actual number one with the legacy numbering of each yeah. issue, uh, and I dipped it on that, thinking, "Hey, legacy, <laughs> right? This is where I'm comfortable. This is where this yep. is where I'm good with Marvel, really, until about eighty four, eighty five. I could go a little later with some comics, but uh, Hulk going into the nineties a little bit, but uh, that's really where I'm comfortable. And uh, Chris, I didn't, I couldn't tell you one damn thing that was happening it's true uh you it's know the, true. the only things i understood were the parts that were playing to my nostalgia mm-hmm. anything new anything anything relevant to the story i was totally lost you know that was all i all i got were the asides you know the little han soloisms of like you know uh you know mentioning something that happened in the past that i remember sure that was all yeah because they they launched that with a big uh, one-shot, the Marvel Legacy one-shot, that I actually right. didn't order, but DCBS sent it to me anyway. Wow. Uh, I don't know why. They maybe they ordered it? extra. No, no, they didn't. All right, well, fair enough. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, so maybe they ordered too many. Uh, maybe I was just a loyal customer, and they thought maybe I forgot. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I read that, and I didn't understand a word of it. <laughs> and uh, But still, I still bought all of my regular can't-quit-you books. You know, I was right. still getting... You know, Avengers, a new Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, I don't think Fantastic Four was around then, uh, Daredevil, uh, uh, three or four X-Men books. I, w- I was still getting everything, despite yeah. not even not being able to formulate what the hell they were even planning in this one shot. You know, I, yeah. I what I did understand of that one shot, I hated, but I still <laughs> bought the books. Yeah, that's the addiction, man. Because, like, in the back of my head, you think, like, 
one day I will be interested in this. Uh, that, that's because, uh, uh, what was it? The uh, Scott Snyder did the Batman Year Zero. Sure. Bored the hell out of me. Yeah. But I kept buying it because I'm like, ah, you know, I'm going to want to read that one of these days. Hasn't happened yet. Probably won't. But I have them there just in case. I mean, the, the, as the comics compound and you, the time in your life decreases... They mean less. The and probability less. is, you know, that you're going to read them is just getting lower and lower. It's like it's almost like you have a ticker going. Yeah. Every, every second, the probability decreases by another like point oh one percent or something. Oh, you know, absolutely. like that you're going to read them, and it's uh, this is it's just you, you know you're putting them away. I mean. I've heard people say that they're creating an archive for their children, and I'm like, when are your children yeah, right. going to read, you know, 30, <laughs> 50, 100,000 comics, you know? Or I'm, I'm saving them for posterity. It's like, what are you, the Library of Congress? You know, like, what, 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 what's going to happen? Here? We're, we're, we're going to be in yeah. Armageddon, we're going to need we're gonna need every issue of, of uh, Heckler or something? What is wrong with you? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's every excuse under the sun, but it comes down to, and I mean, Chris, I could I could go off and do a whole other thing as you've heard me go on to in about the 20th century. I'm not going to even go in there though. I'm not going to do it. Well, that'll be another episode. That's another episode about how crazy the whole thing is. But uh, it's it's tough, and I and I feel for people. I don't I don't feel that you for by the way are a uh, ravenous addict. For example, you were able to put down. The X, yeah, the I, Uncanny I'm X-Men. getting better. I'm, and you uh, <laughs> you you limited yourself from the beginning though too. You know what I mean? You, you're you're it's true. You're, you're, you know, you weren't always trying to collect every Marvel comic. Now, in a sense, no. you'll oh, buy no. any DC comic, but I don't think you're looking to collect all of them. No, any... A lot of them are ones that I want to write about or, or, right. or one that we might do on the show or something that might tie into something we do on the show. Right, yeah. But, but, uh, which has changed both of our comic habits, doing the show and, and wanting to get more uh, sometimes relevant to the history that we're doing. And we end up Certainly. Back. I've, I've Certainly. looked at comics I would have never really thought about looking at in my whole life uh, <laughs> for doing Cosmic Treadmill, that's for sure. And, and it's weird because, like, there are, like, with with, uh, with consumable entertainment, I guess, or collectible entertainment, there are, like, two tipping points. Because, you know, you get to, if you if you, if you are addicted or, or compelled to buy everything or buy a certain, like we've been talking about here, like every issue of something, yeah. you get to these two different tipping points. You have the one tipping point that I fell off of because, like you said, you, you know, you're piling books up to read eventually. Uh-huh. And if you have a stack of books that's like four inches tall, you're like, yeah, I can get to that. That's whatever. Fine. That's a weekend. Then, then like a month later, it's like twelve inches tall, and then, and then it gets to like fifteen inches tall, yeah. thirty inches, and then it gets to the moment where it's like, there's no way I'm going to read this. Yeah, now, so now then you I'm going to have to have a week off of life yeah. to read over the comics I have stacked up. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you, you, yeah, because I, I used to leave those with the bags open, you know, and right, uh, right. then I just shove the, you know, fold them over, put them in the box, fold them over, put them in the box. But I'm still buying them, mm. so I haven't reached that tipping point yet. Is the thing. Yeah. So I've 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 already accepted the the reality that I'm not going to be able to read them, but I'm still buying them. So it's like you, we have this like two channel. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you have these two tipping points that both need to tip over before you could actually be out. Yeah. Uh, which I did with Marvel because my Marvel stack was huge. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to read that. And then it was like, okay, you know what? I don't want to buy it anymore either. So, yeah. you know, I I'm, was I'm already able not to climb it. both fences. Yeah. yeah. And you, and then you looked at Legacy, you're like, I don't even like this. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like there that we were able to cut the cord. Uh, that that really that really is interesting. I also think there's another one that uh, will face everyone, and that is space. Uh, everyone has to make decisions at some point on space, whether that's to move to a bigger space or to cut their, 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 uh, collection 
uh, everyone has to do something eventually because there's just no way around it. The physical reality it just yeah. takes up space. There's no no <laughs> two ways about it. Um, and uh, you know, I'll tell you, it didn't even it didn't even really have to come up here, but there is also the people that flip comics. But I wouldn't those those some of those people could be considered, I think, obsessively collecting. Well, sure, but that's sure. almost that's almost another thing you know what i mean that's that's another side of it because even you know i mentioned earlier about the uh, walmart hundred page giants where when they were announced i saw people sharing them online yeah and i i wonder how much of the compulsion is is due to our ability to share things online now i think there's some of that yeah I think like where you you want to be you want to be up with everyone because you know comic collecting for me was always a very solitary thing growing up. Yeah, uh, it was just me, and then I moved you know across the country, and it was definitely really just, just me. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now with with all of our with all of our friends online sharing their stuff, it makes you want to share your stuff, right. and then it, it kind of snowballs where it's like, okay, I I can look and be like, okay, he grabbed that one. Oh, maybe I should grab that one. And it's uh, it's like a, it's not so much a competition, but because I mean the comics are available wherever you want them. Right. But uh, it, I think that might fuel a little bit of the uh, of the compulsivity because you, you it's 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 almost like a passive peer pressure. I think that's exactly. I think you are right about that. Yeah. I think people get caught up in that. Um, you know, we see it every Wednesday. People showing off their sure. polls, and then uh, there's just uh, as there was anything different ways to go about it where. People showing off their pulls of new issues, but also a lot of times people showing off the back issues. Absolutely. Um, and it's just like you're essentially just sharing purchases you've made. <laughs> you know, which is kind of a funny, <laughs> whatever, any way you cut it, it's kind of like a funny thing to me. Like, oh, look what I I bought this. Like, hello. Uh, you know, like I, there's one thing I, I talked to you about this, this uh, Facebook group for EC Comics. Yes. And I, I went on there thinking that we would just mostly talk about EC Comics, and there's some of that, but really... It's picture after picture after picture of people's slabbed comics. And I've seen now two people who came mm-hmm. into the, the, the group just like me, just fans of the comics, who now they're showing off their comics okay. that they're buying uh, at much lower quality at this point. Great, you know, yeah. it, it, all, it all starts somewhere. Um, and, and I guarantee it's because of this. And, and you know, that's... I mean, the, the, pro- the problem is when I talk about this being an addiction... It's an addiction doesn't hurt anybody. You know what I mean? No, no. Uh, not, not unless you're taking food out of kids' mouths or but, or gambling to get the money or whatever. Really is you know, that that is something else. Uh, you've gone another a whole, a whole other, other level thing. I've never yeah. heard of. But it really doesn't hurt anybody uh, beyond the fact that you you know you are storing a bunch of fiery you know flammable material in your house. It doesn't really you know <laughs> d- d- decrease the value of anything. So it's, but it uh, smells so good. It, it can smell good after a while. I love that slightly moldy smell, like uh, especially of magazines. That nice uh, pulp, yeah. Something about it. It really it really does uh, intoxicate. Very nostalgic, but. Uh, <laughs> Any obsession, any obsession like that, especially when you get down to it, you're just funneling money into these creatively bereft people's pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like they, they're not, there's no impetus for them to do better as long as you just keep giving them money for voting doing, with your wallet, for yeah. doing a mediocre job. <laughs> and, uh, that I'd say is, is the problem. But also, like, you know, um, there are there are better there are better pursuits I think in life to be honest with you than to have you know I, I think I think that like we say there are different things if you're trying to collect every DC comic or every Marvel comic or every comic just stop doing that 
just don't worry about yeah, it. It's not going to happen. Point. You're never going to do it. Yeah. Uh, not to anyone to your satisfaction. And just just put that put that dream away and find and go take flying lessons. Find something more productive. <laughs> That's what I would say. Maybe maybe just look to Vartox. Get all the Vartox issues, you'll be fine. That's fair. That's that's an accomplishable goal. Exactly. You know, you got to set yourself accomp. You know, you you've you've accomplished a few in the, just the time I've known you. You've gotten every sure. first issue special. Yep. Uh, yep. You did every Vartox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you already had. I think every I Terry might have Long. every Terry Long. I think you already had that. Are you close to? Yeah. It when I, I, I bought the Wonder Woman issue where he died, oh, so okay. I think I might have all. That, of them that's now. how you close it out. Um, <laughs> so you know that that's what we for me. Uh, I've collected. I have every appearance of Doom Patrol. Uh, every issue, or actually, I don't have every issue, but I my I hope to have every issue of Swamp Thing. Um, okay. And I like to collect the silly stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, pop. Mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, maniacs. I have I have every appearance of maniacs, for example, and inferior five. But sure. uh, that's just that's just where my like goes. And part of that, I think, sure. was also I made a decision to do something achievable. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're not looking for every every Superman appearance. You or, know, or, or even or every or Superman even appearance every this showcase, month. You know, I mean, inferior five. Oh God. Yeah. Maniacs show up in showcase, but if I try to they get do. every showcase, forget it. Oh, forget about it, yeah. So, uh, I think we have gone on at good length about this sort of tortured subject. Uh, (laughs) In a way, difficult to talk about among comic fans to comic fans, because we kind of have to hold up a mirror to ourselves and, uh, you know, look at our own behavior. But I think think that's a worthwhile thing to do, and this isn't telling anyone or suggesting to anyone that you stop collecting your favorite comics, but no, because it'll be a case of Doctor Heal thyself. Ex- you know and exactly. I, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm sitting across from about 80 long boxes right now, so I, I'm not judging anybody. Yeah, uh, but, but you know, it's sub- something to think about. If if you if you have a stack of comics that is 15 inches high, yeah, think about the minutes that will take for you to get through that. I gotta <laughs> say, Chris, even, even the even the comps we get from DC, I've got a stack. It's gonna take me like a day and a half. Uh, sure. and, those, and those are comps, for God's sake. Those are just comps, yeah. I haven't even paid anything for For this week, yeah. Uh, no, well, that's or true. next week. We, yeah. have a big, we have a big one. No, I, I just, to be honest, like, uh, I find the comics so boring. Toast, I just yeah. don't care about reading them. And then I'm like, oh, man, now I have, like, five issues of Batman. And I'm like... And the stakes are just so low. I'm yeah. like, do I really want... I'm, and to be honest, I probably end up... My, my, my tablet will tell me that uh, I'm running out of space. And I'll say, well, goodbye, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sorry. tablet decides. You know, the tablet will tell me. Uh, I told you that's the third mitigating factor: is space. We it's all true. have to deal with it eventually, digital or point. physical. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, hope hope this wasn't too much of a bring down for people, or uh, people found it interesting and they can relate to it somewhat. Um, I think so. Do you have any? Uh, of those uh, Maury Povich final thoughts for us on this matter. <laughs> no, uh, next I think next time we're gonna be we're gonna be hitting on uh, the writing for the trade and decompression, which will be another up uplifting uh, episode, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> but, but you know that it'll be good because that kind of dosey does with this too. There's a little bit. It, of it. Yeah, they, there's like a little dovetailing into each other here. Mm. It's, uh, I think it'll I think they'll complement each other well. You know, I, but I'll tell you, you know, I talked about collecting Justice League and trade. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can do that is all going to be part of the discussion we'll have Discussed. in the next episode yep. of uh, Atomic Comics Talk. But that'll be coming in January. 
Uh, of course, if you want to hit us up, you know the many ways to do it. WeirdComicsHistory at gmail.com is the centralized location, but you guys can comment on this patron post. You can get us on uh, Twitter, however you like to do it, if you want to talk sure. about this or whatever's on your mind. Our next episode will be in January 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have two that month, as usual. So, uh, we won't be talking to you here, but we'll have episodes of Cosmic Treadmill coming out uh, for the new year. So, but uh, hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. And uh, if we don't hear from you again, I hope you have a wonderful new year. Happy, happy, merry, merry.